Welcome back to the Wild Side News. And now, Sydney Wildsmith. It's a complex world out there, and we keep learning more about ourselves and this planet every day. Coming up, we continue our celebration of crows and their friends. Stay tuned. It's been a long time since I've had the chance to hang out with squirrels. I grew up in the Midwest where squirrels were residents. Even as a child, it was obvious that squirrels had complex habits. They seemed busy much of the time with food, finding it, burying it, unburying it. There were the somewhat regular disputes, with squirrels racing like electrons up and around trees, chasing one another, tree bark on the old elms bearing their clawed pursuit, sounding like metallic rain. Most often it was merely a chase, but sometimes things got serious, squirrels locked in a scuffling ball of frenzy, spewing dirt and dust and grasses in a wake of rage, and then there were the stiff bodies in the alleys and streets, for squirrels seemed almost drawn to running under moving cars. I understand squirrels. I appreciate their passion. They are prominent neighbors. But I had been away from squirrels, living in the high desert of New Mexico for so long. So it came as a pleasant surprise to find myself camped next to a family of squirrels at those Pecos County Park just outside Ramona, outside of San Diego, California. I ventured there on a Tuesday in May, so the campground had only a handful of campers. I'd set up my tent, organized my provisions and gear, which had been hastily thrown into the back of my truck, and finally took my first real sit on the wooden picnic table. The scrub oaks which sheltered the campground in their umbrella of reaching limbs created a near-mystical setting. One feels the transition from the urban to the wild slowly emerge from within, like the warmth that spreads from the first sip on some good scotch. The settling, the grounding, the expanding awareness out and away from the sense of me and a sizzling quietness rebirths. One finds a new way of looking. One sips and savors the surroundings. It took only a few minutes until I began to notice the squirrels. They are wary of all new beings and watch carefully from their sentry stance, erect, paws up, their large dark eyes absorbing the world around them. I quickly connect with the large dark eyes, and squirrels resume their gathering and peeking out from their burrows. There are three adult squirrels and six young squirrels in training. There are rules, lots of rules, to being squirrels. And the adults administer like schoolmarms and disciplinarians. Too far from the burrow, a squirrel chirp warns, Stop! Don't go any farther. There is also the loving side of squirrels. The adults seem always respectful of one another. They take turns at sentry, for which there is always one standing watch. They groom and nuzzle. The young play. Touch is important. The family has a bunker, a headquarters, which is a circular concrete fire ring under which the squirrels maintain a series of entries. These connect in a mysterious way with two outlier posts, each about 20 feet away. The squirrels at any one time can be in one, two, or all three of these retreats, but always there is a sentry posted watching. 
I'd forgotten squirrels, how present they can be. Along with the squirrels, there was an ongoing troop of large black crows. The crows seem in constant contact with this place. They have a different approach to life than squirrels. They seem mostly to focus on interacting with everything around them, mostly other crows, but also with the smaller birds, the acorn woodpeckers, and bluebirds, and jays, and nuthatches. They find food as it presents itself. They are prominent neighbors, too. At times, the worlds of crow and squirrel meet. I watched as an adult squirrel had wandered a considerable distance from its eastern bunker, doing its weightless leapfrog jumps through the grasses around its home, a squirrel's signature movement. Two crows swaggered through the grasses as well, maintaining a two-foot distance between them. The squirrel and the crows, when I noticed them, were about seven feet apart, but moving towards each other. Neither side gave ground, and the distance narrowed. The squirrel seemed almost to want to confront the crows and hopped right into the path of one of the crows, confident of its right to do so. And the crow waddled forward. They collided as animals of different species sometimes do, and the squirrel went low, chirped a series of scolds, and battled the crow's leg. The crow made a quick flicking dance into the air, up, over, and beyond the squirrel. It seemed as if they had done this many times before. No tempers raised. It seemed a game. Animals, particularly squirrels, know the lay of the land around them. One squirrel ventured far away from the eastern bunker, actually going down into a shallow gully, then back up the other side and onto the asphalt pad where the truck was parked. Thirty or forty feet lay between the squirrel and the nearest bunker. It walked with assurance across the pad and on over to the water pipe, which emerged from the ground, upon which was my campsite faucet. It moved in close to the base and almost hugged the four-by-four four post which supported the pipe. Its head turned and it burrowed its mouth into the crevasse between the pipe and the post. There, a seminal source of water, just slow drips, gave this family a steady source. This family had chosen wisely to excavate their residence near this spot. I slept the night in my tent and found the new morning full of fresh wonder. The squirrels, too, exhibited a renewed vigor. The day was rich again, balmy as San Diego is. By afternoon, all eyes and vigor relaxed a bit. At one time, two adults perched on the concrete bunker, while the six young stretched full out, bellies flat to the concrete and hind legs stretched out behind them. They all seemed of one mind, to sun and relax. But on the western bunker, the other adult stood sentry, watching. I noticed how I too felt a little sleepy, and did lie down for a short while in the tent, that divine rest under oak trees, and the kiss of a perfect day with a gentle sun and easy dancing winds. I got out of the tent, still a little groggy, and went to the picnic table and sat. My eyes were still a little droopy. I'd noticed a counterpoint to this moment, some squawking in the ambiance, when the fast swoop of crow's wings and calls and screams erupted. I looked towards the source of the sudden splash of anxiety which centered on the western bunker. I saw the sentry there, only lighter in color, larger, and fending off the flybys of the screaming crows. It was a hawk, grounded at the burrow. 
I looked as the two squirrels rasped their fear-streaked screams at the horror, as the hawk held fast to the convulsed body of an adult squirrel. The local crows flew sorties at the hawk, which seemed to slouch its head and remain. I called out, No, no, oh, I'm sorry, to my squirrel friends. I wanted to pick up a rock and throw it at the hawk, but knew I was witnessing a sacred, if terrible, event. But as the hawk just sat on the burrow with the squirrel, I thought perhaps if I walked towards the hawk it might let go of its prey, and perhaps the squirrel would only be wounded. And I felt I owed it to my dear squirrel friends who had accepted me as their neighbor in residence. So I walked down the little grassy gully and back up, retracing the route the squirrel had walked to the water spigot. The hawk knew what I wanted. It slouched its head again, its body tightened, and it lifted into the air. The sagging body of my squirrel friend, bushy tail trailing out under the overhanging canopy of oak, until it found an opening and then it disappeared, the crows giving noble chase to no avail. The six young were deep in their burrows. Two squirrels remained. The elder one was transfixed in a skewed upright stance, while the younger squirrel, who I felt was the female, cried out, once each second, towards its stolen friend. The scolding continued, second by second, for many minutes. By the time it ended, I'd clocked over twenty minutes. Towards the end, the sharp reproach changed, and a rasp appeared interwoven with the scold, and the rasp wilted to a hopeless breathlessness, which eventually led to the end of the calling. Small dark eyes appeared from the burrows, barely breaking past the surface. The young poked their heads out. One actually climbed onto the concrete bunker, but not for long. My time had come to pick up my gear and put it back into the truck. I'd traveled light so it didn't take long. All the time I felt the flush of the wild within me renewed. Within forty-five minutes I was back home in Solana Beach, a day and night in the county of San Diego. I vowed I needed more. I appreciated this place for all that it had to give to me. Get out, say hello, greet the crows, open your eyes, have a great week. This is Sidney Wildsmith saying adios until we meet next Tuesday here live or on the archives anytime when your voice of the earth calls out around the world here on the Wild Side News.